Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wisdom of Spirit with Rose and Winterbrook. I'm Rose. And I'm Winterbrook. And there she is. And we're here every Thursday evening at 7 to bring you the show, which is offering a truth and myriad of spiritual and metaphysical insights to help and guide you in your day-to-day living. Topics here include spirit messages, Guidance, psychic and mediumship chat, healing modalities, we ask monthly meditations, which we have one this evening, chakras, gemstones, divination methods, astrology, animal communication, you name it, we have it. And we will have special guests from time to time as well. And we invite you to join us. Um, 
you can find more information out about me, Rose, at www.readingswithrose.com and more information about Winterbrook at www.winterbrookmedium.com. And I'm sure Wendy Brooks has a couple of dates where she's doing demos. So, Wendy Brooks, why don't you tell us what's coming up for you demo-wise? Okay. Um, well, actually, this Tuesday, if you're on Long Island, I will be at Locust Valley Library. Um, these are always fun events. We talk about mediumship, my favorite topic, and also uh touch base about how you could try to develop or discover your own abilities, recognize signs from your loved ones, and I do some demonstrating, bringing through spirit messages to some of the folks in the audience. So that would be uh, Tuesday, December 6th at Locust Valley uh, Library. And then my event, other event in December is sold out. That's at the Voice of the Healing Soul but in January, on January 11th, I will be at Oceanside uh, Public Library doing a similar program as the one this Tuesday. And then I just put, it's not on my calendar yet because I uh, booked it this afternoon. I'll have it up there tomorrow. On Monday, um, actually I do have it there, <laughs> Monday, February 13th, I'm going to be at Westbury uh, Memorial Public Library. So those are some of the public events. I'll also be at a Relax Me Mondays event, which is kind of cool, uh, through White Light uh, 111 Productions, and that's out in Holbrook at the Four Seasons Sunroom. That's on my calendar. It's a mediumship discussion, meditation, and I'll probably do some message work. Um, and you can find the details and how to uh, reserve a seat if you'd like to attend on my calendar. Lovely, and I don't do as many um, events as Winterbrook does, but I forgot one. This coming Sunday, I'm going to be doing readings at the Hampton Inn in Garden City. That's oh, super. At 700, yeah, uh, 700 North Avenue in Garden City, and I'll be there from 11 to 5. So stop by. Cool. Yeah. So now, music down here. We will get into the first of December meditation. Yes. Meditation is good, especially in these stressful times. I don't know if everybody else is feeling it, but I'm feeling the stress vibe all over. And then this weather we've been having, I think it's taking a toll on people. So it's always good to take a few minutes for ourselves just to kind of recenter, calm, release anything that's no longer serving us, and allow spirit's healing energy to infuse us and rejuvenate us. Spirit is always available 24-7. They don't have a stopwatch. So let's take this time now to give us the gift of going within and allowing spirit to touch us for healing, centering, and rejuvenation. Find the most comfortable position, whether you're sitting in a chair or perhaps you're laying on your bed or your couch. And when you've found the most comfortable position you can achieve at this moment, we're going to start with three cleansing breaths. On the inhale, I would like you to visualize white light entering with the breath. And as you exhale, I would like you to imagine anything that is causing you tension, disharmony, or even pain to be expelled in the exhale. So starting with the first cleanse of breath. See the breath of the light enter through your nose, filling your head, neck, shoulders, arms, and hands. As you exhale, release any tension or tightness that you have been holding in that part of your body. Just allow it to leave 
For the second cleansing breath, see the breath and the light enter through your nose. And this time, begin to fill your chest, encircling your heart, filling your lungs, filling your intestines, your stomach, your kidneys, your back, your entire torso. And as you exhale, release any tightness or tension you may be holding in that part of your body. On the third cleansing breath, bring the breath and the light within, seeing the light begin to fill your buttocks, your thighs, your knees, calves, ankles, and feet. And as you exhale, release any tightness or tension that you may have been holding in that part of your body. Now, before we move any further along, just take a moment and scan your body for any residual discomfort. Should you become aware of any, allow the white light. The white light comes from the divine. A very strong healing, the ultimate healing presence. So allow it to enter into that area that is causing you discomfort or tension and massage it, healing and relaxing. For it's when we are in our most relaxed physical state that we are best able to receive communication from our higher selves or from spirit. Now having achieved the most relaxed physical state we can at this moment, Turn your attention to your mind's eye or your imagination and imagine yourself standing on a beach. The temperature is just perfect in the air and as you look around, there's no one present on the beach, just yourself. The sun is shining and its light warms you as it reaches your skin. The sky is clear, crisp, a brilliant light blue with beautiful puffy white clouds. You remove your shoes and begin to walk in the sand. And with each step you take, You feel yourself being connected more and more with Mother Earth. And with each step you take towards the water, your skin begins to have a slight buzz from the ozone and the cleanliness and the moisture stemming from the sea. There's a light breeze and it tickles your skin. And in this moment, right now, you are at peace. You take a nice deep breath, inhaling the clean air that's by the sea. And in the background, you begin to hear the call of a seagull. And you look up and you watch the bird, how it flies and glides through the sky freely. Nothing weighing it down. It seems to almost float on the air currents of the breezes. This makes you smile. You begin to see the perfect balance in the world. You had forgotten for a time because you have been so focused on all of your daily concerns. And although many of them are truly important and have priority, it is okay to set them aside for a little bit of time to reconnect with your soul and with Mother Earth. So with that understanding, you proceed to walk towards the water once again. And as you reach the edge of the water, 
The sand has become very wet under your feet. And you stand there, and as the waves lap up on the shore and gently caress your feet, and they pull back to return to the sea, the sand goes with them, and you sink further into Mother Earth. You're in a heightened sense of awareness at the moment, and you begin to feel that strong, energetic connection with Mother Earth. You feel that energy coming up through your feet and filling you, making you feel more secure, stronger. And at the same time that her beautiful energy rises up through your feet and into your legs, you also feel the gentleness of the water as it reaches the edge of the shore. You allow her energy to rise through your root chakra, through your sacral chakra, up into your solar plexus, so that her energy has risen well past your belly button, almost to the bottom of your ribs. And for a moment, you feel as if she is just holding you, and you feel as safe and secure as a babe in a mother's arms. You look out over the water and see the glistening of the sun shining on the top. And you admire the beauty and the depths of the cues of color of the water. You focus your attention on the sky and you ask to be connected even more stronger with your higher self and with the divine. And with that one request in your heightened sensitivity, you begin to feel the light of God or the divine flowing down through your crown chakra, the top of your head, through your third eye, through your throat chakra, to your heart it's a beautiful white knowing loving light and as it flows through you you begin to feel much lighter you become aware of its energy meeting the mother earth energy that has flowed up through your feet and you feel renewed by the burst of this clean, loving energy from the divine and from Mother Earth. You feel lighter and more aware. And with this rise of awareness, you begin to sense the presence of another being on the beach. You turn and you see this being walking towards you. Perhaps it's your guide. Perhaps it's one of your loved ones in spirit. See if you can focus now and see who it is, or perhaps you just know. You don't need to see it in your mind's eye because you just know who's coming. You feel their love for you. And a smile comes across your face and your heart opens. Ready, willing, and thrilled to embrace them in their presence. They join you on the beach and embrace you. And you both go and sit down in the sand just to visit. Take a moment now and visit with this loved one. See what they have to share with you. And if you do not hear anything, perhaps just be aware of any feeling that comes through, any sense of love, comfort, and reassurance. I'll return for you, but for now, just focus on being with this loving being, this loved one of yours. 
you begin to become aware again of my presence and of my voice, and this signals to you and your loved one that it's time that they step back. Before they do, they embrace you once again with their loving energy, and they reassure you that they are not leaving forever. They are merely stepping back away from your consciousness, but are available to you should you need them. You watch as they begin to disappear from your perception, but you do so with the understanding and knowing that they are not leaving permanently, but merely stepping back as if you've ended a telephone conversation. You once again turn your attention to the water. You are filled with a renewed sense of purpose, peace, and reassurance. given to you by spirit for that is your gift and as you come back fully to the present moment perhaps wiggle your toes wiggle your fingers take it another deep breath maybe a little stretch gently return to the present moment. Namaste. Retrograde yet again. Oh, this time 
Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It was going retrograde for Christmas. I remember seeing that. I forgot about it with all the traveling I've been doing. Yeah, that's a dirty word. It goes retrograde on December 19th, and it stays that way until January 8th. And I generally tell people, you know, it says the 8th, but it's more like the 12th to the 15th because there's always that lagging kind of three or four days after it goes direct where the effects of it turning direct again aren't fully together, and, and you still have some retrograde fallout. But And it can only start before. A couple of before. Yeah. So if you're going to order your Christmas or Hanukkah presents online, Make sure you get those orders in and to get delivery before Mercury retrograde when we have problems with transportation and communication, right? Exactly. Give me one second. Well, yes. So. Linda maybe you want to explain down on Mercury retrograde a bit while I take care of something that just came up? Sure. Okay. Mercury retrograde. Um, basically, not, I'm not an expert in astrology, uh, and I have, though, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, I take note of when we have Mercury retrograde periods because at first I thought it was a bunch of gook, you know, 15 years ago. But what I did notice um, with an open mind is that there are uh, increased problems with communication, misunderstanding, and transportation issues because um, Mercury governs those areas. Now, it's not all bad, though, because the other thing, the flip side of Mercury retrograde, if you want to look at it positively, is it's a good time to do the re's, as we call them, the R-E. So review, review situations, um, reconsider positions that you might have taken uh, to see if perhaps there's additional information that may change your perception of something. Uh, I don't have my little list ahead, Um but the re's are the way to go with Mercury retrograde. Spend that time. Also, uh, it is very common to have somebody from your past show up, all right, that you're not expecting. And it's usually somebody that you may have had an issue or a falling out with or a disagreement. So Mercury retrograde gives you the opportunity to heal that uh, situation, maybe it's just an, an, an you know a need to let go, or perhaps it's a need for a conversation between the, the parties to just kind of heal it. Um, so it's it's a time that is not necessarily all bad. Now, uh, some common wisdom they tell you, oh, don't enter into contracts or start new things. But in this, the 20th, uh, 21st century, um, you know, we can't necessarily not go into contract with something. So uh, what you should do instead is if you normally double-check things, triple-check them during Mercury retrograde. Okay, not everything will, will be bad that you enter into it, although, again, most uh, people take the position, try not to enter into new things during the retrograde period. But if you do need to, triple check. Uh, I always tend to do that during Mercury retrograde. You know, allow that there may be issues in, in getting someplace. It's transportation. Um, that people have a lot of car issues. I, I, I kept track of this. You know, I can make a mental note. Uh, that seems to be on the uptick. And um, a lot of arguments. Now, of course... Pardon? Did you mention computer issues? Oh, yeah, well, computer issues, absolutely. That's communication. Electronics, 
you know, you'll find that you maybe something will blow one of your electronic appliances. Um, but what I also wanted to make note of is uh, this particular mercury retrograde, of course, is occurring over the holiday period when it can be very stressful for many people, especially getting, you know, having family gatherings. Um, you know, not everybody, even though they're your family and you may love them, not everybody gets along with their family. So we have Christmas and Hanukkah, and I think the um, Buddhists uh, also follow one of the holidays. And then we have Kwanzaa. We have a whole bunch of holidays, basically, all different uh, belief systems falling during that December 19th to January 8th time frame, which means people will uh, be gathering with their families um, more uh, often, they're, you know, uh, I have to apologize to everyone. I'm still getting over some jet lag. So apparently my my mouth is not working with my brain tonight. Um, but it basically, it could be a very stressful time. The other thing you got to keep in mind, stressful for the holidays that are uh, coming up is anybody who's grieving, particularly those who have lost people um, to the other side of life, or, you know, anybody that's lost a relationship, perhaps. Um, holidays can be touchy, uh, more so than, you know, their average every everyday non-holiday. So be aware that people might be a little bit more defensive or emotional, um, particularly blues come into play for a lot of people. So be aware of that so that you can avoid your own Mercury retrograde uh, situation. Be a little bit more tolerant with people. You never know, even if it's a stranger and if they're a little grumpy. You don't know what's going on, you know, in their life, particularly with the stress of the upcoming season, which should, of course, be joyous. But the, um, you know, the the press for being joyful for some people, it's not a a good time for them. So those are the the issues mainly with Mercury retrograde. Again, just try to triple up, uh, check everything you're doing. Take Allow yourself extra time to get places. Uh, be prepared if you do have a computer issue, like poor Rose is starting way early with her monitor knocking over the water tonight. Um, and uh, also um, try to use this period to uh, review. And it would be per- it's a perfect time to do that because I personally – like to use the end of December to kind of take stock um, of what I've accomplished this year, uh, what I need to work on that came up this year if I ran into issues. I like to set my intentions because I am one that does the New Year's resolutions. Uh, One of the reasons I do them is because most people in the world are setting New Year's resolutions. So why does that Make a connection for me, if you're thinking. Well, it's intent. You know, if you're going to have 10 million people setting the intention to um, achieve new goals for the new year, that sets off uh, the, the, the energy of intent. You can join right in there. I think it strengthens each individual that kind of joins the party, even though you guys aren't formally creating a party. So I am one very much to try to set um, at least 10 resolutions and eight of them could be the same resolutions I set for last year which might be you know be more tolerant um, stretch myself or might be new resolutions and then I try to keep my list and actually put it somewhere where I will find it hmm, uh, the, the following year and I, I take stock and I look and nine times out of ten, I have accomplished, even though I forgot where the list was and what my original thoughts on it was, because it's just I set the intention, it goes into my subconscious, and then it gets created. So um, Mercury retrograde coming right around that time, you know, it's a great time to just kind of review and see where you need to, or where you wish. Maybe it's not something you need to do, but it's some. It's something you wish to expand on or to experience in this lifetime. So that's my two cents. Yeah. A lot of people focus on Mercury retrograde as being a negative time, but it really isn't because 
there are a few things that we can do in a Mercury retrograde that we really need to do in a Mercury retrograde. It's more of a vacation time. Uh, take time out for yourself. Take me time. Uh, rest. Do some reading. Do some reflecting. Uh, some reviewing. It's a great time to collect information and utilize those three weeks or so well. Um, entertain new ideas. Don't start anything, but most definitely entertain new ideas. Write them down. Start to get ready. Um, open your mind, your heart. It's a good time to reunite with uh, people who maybe you have drifted apart from. Uh, it's another good time for allowing manifestation instead of trying to make your own manifestation happen. Just, just allow it to, to happen. Don't rush. Don't rush anything. And most importantly, it's a great time to end or do away with that which no longer serves you. So there's a constructive side of um, Mercury retrograde as well. So Put it to good use, you know? And we have a question here in the chat room that someone asked. And let me ask questions from chat. I just asked and said, sure. I'm waiting on a question. Um, yes, we will. We entertain questions from chat, or you can call in for a reading, however you'd like to do it. Yeah. If you want to call in, the number is 347 I just realized I can't type. I typed the what's you question. What? God. Oh, well. I'll learn the English language at some point. Well, the question is going to be a little bit slow and coming. But, uh... Okay. We'll take a little break and maybe when we come back, uh, I'll have a question. Well, that or I can talk a little bit about my adventures in England. Oh, God, yes. Tell us everything. I want to hear all. All right, well, let me know if you well, want to break or you want me to really? start. No, mm-hmm. definitely. No, no, no. You have adventures in England, the break can. We can put that aside. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know if, you know, listeners knew. If I don't even know, I know um, you expertly handled the show last uh, two weeks ago with Cinnamon Moon. Last week was Thanksgiving. And uh, I was en route to England, uh, which is a country that has a lot of mediumship. It's a very strong movement over there. And I went to a place called Banyan Retreat, and it was um, really focused on something called physical mediumship. Now, most people do not know what physical mediumship is, unless, of course, they are actually studying and investigating mediumship, because physical mediumship is not very common. Uh, Most people, when they think of mediumship, they associate it with mental mediumship, which is kind of like what we do on the show when we bring through your deceased loved ones, uh, or if, you know, you go to a, a theater or a dinner show and, and there's a medium, you know, giving evidential readings from grandma or grandpa in the world of spirit. But there's um, another form of mediumship called physical mediumship. It's very rare. All right, it, does, it actually, there's a whole gamut of different forms of it. Um, the one that I went to... Uh, study a little bit more on and also to experience was um, cabinet style. I I actually do myself sit in the cabinet every other week. I'm trying to develop, but it's something that can take decades to develop. So you've got to have a lot of patience. Um, But the gentleman that I went to see, uh, there were two different mediums, physical mediums, and there are not that many in the world uh, that actually do this work. And um, there were two different seances. So the first one was with a gentleman named Scott Milligan, um, young man, very nice. And he did a Christmas tree 
seance, which was so cool. Um, so basically, he is seated in a chair in a cabinet, which is uh, basically looks like a coffin, but standing up. It's the best way I can explain it, except that um, it's a curtain and three walls. And he's secured to his chair with the plastic ties, like the ones that you would see in um, the hardware store. And the lights, it's pitch black. We all have to be searched before we go in the room, and they use a metal detector, and they pat you down to make sure you're not bringing anything in, like lights or cameras or metals or things like that. And there's a lot of singing involved. You have to sing really loud, and they play loud music. That kind of builds the energy. It's pitch black in the room, so if you're afraid of the dark, unfortunately this would not be um, you know, a good experience for you. And he builds up the energy, or spirit builds up the energy, and he excludes ectoplasm. So with that, what are the things that happen? Well, we all brought a toy a brand-new toy, which they wrapped and they put under the tree. And during the seance, the children in spirit came, and you could hear them pattering around the floor. And we're all holding hands in a circle, so it's not like you can bring people in uh, inside the middle of the circle. And they unwrapped the presents. Because at the end of the seance, when they, you know, we heard the paper being ripped, I felt a toy getting thrown at my feet, and at the end of the seance, when they put the lights on, you could see all the Christmas presents unwrapped. It was the coolest thing. These are spirit children. Wow. These are children coming in from spirit, like materialized, energetic, unwrapping the little toy gifts. Um, and then what happens is after the seance, they then donate the toys to a, to a children's hospital for the children there. But um, it was so cool. And then there was something called direct voice, and that's where the spirits communicate um, without using the medium. In other words, when I'm bringing Grandpa through to one of our listeners, I'll say, well, Grandpa just wants you to know, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling them what Grandpa's telling me. With direct voice, the spirit speaks directly in the room where everybody can hear them with their physical ears. Okay, it's it's through a the spirit constructs something called a voice box with with the ectoplasm of the medium, but the spirit it's himself or herself is speaking so that anybody sitting there would hear them with just like if I were speaking right now, so that's really cool, and um, they banged on instruments, um, and at the end it was really neat they move the cabinet. Now, the cabinet, you know, it's about eight feet tall. It's, it's heavy. And they move the medium, who, again, was secured to his chair by his wrists and his ankles with these plastic ties. Uh, so that when we turned on the light, he was about four feet from where he started. And um, the presents were unwrapped, as I said, and the, the cabinet was moved. So it was really, really cool. And that was the first one. The second one I went to was with a gentleman, David Thompson. He's been around a little bit longer. And there was a, again, pitch black, of course. David, uh, in addition to being secure, he also gagged himself with a you know, a handkerchief. And um, he had a full materialization, which is the spirit materialized in the room. Not that we could really see them with our physical eye, but... He walked around, we could hear him, and then he placed his hand on several of the attendees, um, including someone who became a dear friend of mine who we will have on the show in the future. Um, and it was a very cool experience. And then her father in spirit came through using the direct voice, spoke to her directly, where we all heard what was going on. It wasn't that the medium was conveying the message because the medium was hearing clairaudiently. The voice came through and everyone in the room could hear it. And, you know, she was able to validate that the tone was right, what he said was correct, so it was really cool. So I, I don't know if you've even heard of this, Rose, because it's just not really your field. And most people don't know what physical mediumship is. And, I mean, I've read about it, but this is one of those things. It's not like you can really find this. <laughs> you know, there's maybe a half a dozen people doing it in the world. Um, 
today, you know, and so it's not like it's it's that common. Uh, and it was just, for me, it was like, wow. And, of course, the second medium they moved, and they actually lifted the cabinet up and then in the air, moved it a few feet, and then turn, and then placed it down, so it was upside down. Now the cabinet again is a it's a three sided wood structure with a curtain in front, and they turned him in his chair around. And I'm supposed to get a picture, not that that'll help our radio program. I can't share it over the radio with a picture, but I'm, I should be getting a picture of showing how the cabinet was like flipped upside down by the spirits during the séance. Yeah, I think this, this type of mediumship was more common years ago, and then it kind of got lost. Not many people were doing it or looking for it or, you know. Um, yeah, it was very common. The birth of modern spiritualism with the uh, Fox sisters back in, what was that, 1840, um, my, again, I have, still have jet lag, um, that's how they started with the table wrapping, the table tipping, and then you had D.D. Holmes with the levitation and the direct voice. Um, physical was what really started the movement. And then as they progressed into the mental side of it and the communication and the philosophy, uh, physical kind of fell into the wayside, plus the fact that you have, it's very, you have to be very cautious with physical because, you know, it's um, something that they can be fraudulent in, you know, so you, you got to make sure you're with a reputable person. Um, but it, physical is also very demanding on the medium. Um, it, you, the one medium, Scott Milligan, was saying just three weeks earlier, he was doing a seance and one of the attendees had a panic attack sitting in the dark. You know, they ask you, you know, are you afraid of the dark? So they do ask. But she said no, but apparently she was, whether she realized it or not. And she had a panic attack, and the lights came on too quickly before he was fully back, so he ended up getting burned. Because when the ectoplasm comes flying back into your body, it can cause physical burns. So this form of mediumship, can be um, dangerous, um, even life-threatening, and it is extremely physically taxing on the medium. Now, does that stop us from wanting to develop it? No! <laughs> but, you know, hey, I've got a cousin who climbed Mount Everest twice. So <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's not that common, and it was just for me to, to experience not only one seance but two in one week was just awesome. And they were both, you know, a seance can be flat. You can have a great medium and just not get anything one night. That that happens for whatever reason. Maybe it's the disharmony in the room because, you know, the sitters are not necessarily people that uh, know each other or that are best buddies. So a little disharmony can cause problems, particularly in a physical seance, with the energy. And we just had two stellar events and the, the, the phenomena. And I really didn't know if I'd ever actually have the opportunity to experience these, this type of seance, and I got to see it twice because, you know, when I sit, there's no way near anything that, you know, because I've only been doing it two years. Um, so it was just fabulous, that's all I can say. And, um, yeah, if you have the opportunity uh, to ever attend one, by all means go. You know, but it, it, they are not opportunities that, that show up that often. So, did we ever get our question before I keep going on? <laughs> uh, yes, actually, the question is from a lady by the name of Ben Iva, and she would like to ask if we see a romantic future and a relationship was a man by the name of Bob. And what was her name? Ann Ira. A N N I V E like Victor A. Got it. Okay. Yeah, just yeah, I wasn't sure. I wanna that's what I thought you said. Do you wanna take this one? This is more of your <laughs> Well, 
Okay. I like to do the dead people. <laughs> you like dead people. I'm like the love psychic. Okay. Uh, I don't see a really strong romantic future here. What they're presenting to me is that you'll have a deep friendship with this person. I feel that this person cares for you, uh, would really be there for you if you need someone. But as far as a romantic future, I just don't see it happening, sweetie. Okay, so, and then while you were talking, Rose, I kind of uh, tuned in. And what I saw was there's somebody else that is going to be far more intense for her romantically. That's a good way to put it, intense romantically, because when they were saying, like, you know, he'd be a good friend, it would be a good, solid friendship, it was like, like I was just saying, there's not enough chemistry for it to go to a romantic future, but somebody else with chemistry is coming along. So, yeah, thanks for the validation. Yeah, that's, so, what I, um, that's what I kind of was receiving when you were talking. So that's our dual consensus, Anne. We wish you luck on that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if she's listening or she's just in the chat room or what, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna write her back. Um, and then we're in the future. But okay, so while you're writing her back, the only the the other thing I was get one form of the uh, physical mediumship. I'm so excited, and we're gonna have her on the show, but probably closer to March. Um, I have a colleague and a friend who's a trans medium over there, Sa- uh, Sandy Ingham, and uh, what she she's also a spirit artist. And what she does is she goes into trance and she, her control, her guide, um, uses her hands to create a picture or a portrait of the spirit communicator. It's awesome. And generally, you know, when she does these artistic renderings of the spirit communicators and she gives them to the, the person, uh, they have a picture somewhere that they are able to then, you know, send her a copy, and the, the the resemblance is just uncanny. So what she'll be coming here. I I met with her while I was there, and um, I'm bringing her over, inviting her to come, and she's willingly accepted to the state. So she'll be in uh, the Northport area, Long Island, with me in May, and we're going to do a couple of joint demonstrations where. I'll be bringing through the communicator as she's sitting in trance, drawing them, which is so cool. Oh, great. Yeah, I can't wait. So that'll be May, but we're going to have her on the show, probably figured closer to March. And, um, yeah, she's really cool. You'll, you'd like her. She's She's quite the activist. You two will get along really well. Are you saying I'm an activist? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, in a good way. Um, you know, when you're 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 sharing the support the uh, water protectors and and all that good work that you're doing. Sandy is the same guilt. You know, she's the same. She's also sharing those same types of posts. She's 100% behind the uh the water protectors and along with many other um, touchy subjects or, you know, political, not political, but she's very anti-GMO, which is, you know, good, and, you know, she's very vocal about it. So, you two Yeah, are. yeah. I try not to get, like, I try not to cross the line and go crazy, but, you know. No, 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 but she shares it like you do. You you, you don't go crazy. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You're both yeah, very... Yes, we will. Look forward to it. Um, 
I was a Native American in my last life, the one before this one. So I guess that's why it's very close. I don't know. Well, it's 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 a important topic. Uh, clean water yeah. is necessary to live. That's the thing. It's like they do they, they don't know. It's like okay, Native Americans are saying all of this because of it's their land and it affects them, but it affects all of us. And the stuff going on over there is like I don't know where's the law. It seems like the, the legal law enforcement are working for the pipeline people, not, you know, the American people. It's craziness. But um, it'll be good. We missed you. I mean, Cinnamon was fun. We loved, I loved having her on. I loved to interview her. She's a great person. I adore her. But you were missed, my dear. Oh, thank you. I wish I'm still having a little adjustment. I got in midnight Wednesday, which is sick because then from England I was stopped at Paris. They have a train that goes from England to Paris under the water. I thought that was so cool. So anyway, um, I was just talking about this many years ago when I went. They did actually do that. That's cool. Yeah, I, it, it it was just really cool. So it took a little bit longer than going from Northport to New York City, and I went from England to France. I think that's so cool. But um, so anyway, I got home at midnight um, Tuesday night. I'm sorry, I don't even know what day it is, which is 6 a.m. France time. So I'm still, I think I'm a little getting still out of the jet lag. I pulled an all-nighter. <laughs> so, but um, I promise I'll be a little bit sharper next week. Oh, yeah. We'll be fine. Uh, I see a number here, 631, but I don't see a question mark. 631, if you have a question, would you please hit the number one so we know that you have a question? If not, keep listening. No biggie. Uh, don't want to, you know, not get to you if you called in with a request or a question. Um, let's see, when is Lorraine next year? When is Lorraine next year going to be on the 15th? Okay, so that's in two weeks we have Lorraine here, and she's a psychic, I believe she's a psychic medium as well. I think without that information. But um, she's what they call an angel reader, and she wrote a book called My Wingman, and we'll be talking with her about all things psychic and all things metaphysical, and more importantly, her connection with angels. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Right before the holidays, too. Uh, I'd love to... Because the angels are so present, uh, particularly around this time of the year, because people's thoughts are, are, you know, on them. So it just helps bringing them through. People are focused on that. People are focused uh, on being generous and kind, uh, you know, for the Christmas holidays and the Hanukkah holidays. And that energy kind of permeates everything. Right. And I always tell people, you know, angels don't work voluntarily. They don't just take matters into their own hands and say, oh, I think you need this. You have to ask. Feel free to ask. <clears throat> you can ask the same way you would ask somebody in the same room, like, hey, you know, Linda Brooke, what do you think? Or, I need help. Um, ask them to help. Ask them to help guide you and, and uh, help nudge you in the right direction. So... We have 54 minutes left. Actually, we're a bit over time. Thank you all for listening. And um, we'll be back here next week. We're going to talk about crystals, right? I believe next week we're doing crystals. Good night, everyone. With Rose and Winterbrook.